Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Andy, I hate these 20-something wet-behind-the-ears fucking political correctness, woke, young, innocent, pubescent, scared, teenage, sometimes often white women, cocksucker motherfuckers. Yeah. Therapist Andy. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Dude, I told you that I was excited because I I have not worked the comedy store. And to your suggestion, you kept saying, man, you got to get in a store. I got to get in a store. I got to get in a store. I have not worked the comedy store. Now, I've worked the comedy store when people, when comedians have asked me, a la Adam Ray, a couple of Skylar Stone. We're like, dude, I'm having a night at the OR or in the main room. You want to be on the bill? I've done it like that. But I have not done a, my name is on the list with a thousand other comics. I'm getting paid. I'm a paid regular again comedian in 20, over 20 years. And so, you know, I I finally, you know, when I did the, the, the Guy Tory documentary about Fat Tuesday, I bumped into some of the right people. They said, yo, here's the number. Call me. You need to be back up here. I called. They gave me a spot. Beautiful. But, you know, it'll take me a minute before I get back into the swing of things in terms of the comedy store, which is to say the Laugh Factory is still my my home. So and I haven't done the Laugh Factory since the pandemic. It's been a year. I haven't done Long Beach in almost a year and a half. So I'm scheduled to do Long Beach. I do Long Beach first on Saturday, uh, 7.50, early clock, early show, 7, uh, 7.50, I'm I'm scheduled. And then I got a Hollywood spot at 11. So I go to Long Beach and I added on to a joke that's new for me that you've been seeing me do about our experience between Mississippi and Miami. And 
the Miami, I'm not going to do the whole joke, but basically one of the punch, the, one of the, the biggest punchline is when I go, uh, how catastrophic it is that for us, there was a 10 p.m. curfew knowing Miami and South Beach shut down at 1 p.m. or 10, 10 p.m. And we don't get done with our shows till 1 p.m. And we don't want to go back to the hotel room in Miami and South Beach and call a night. We want to do what men do in Miami. Chase women, drink, party. But that shit was over at 10 p.m. And I go, that's catastrophic news to a man. It's like being a man and going to a bachelor party and finding out the strippers are transgender. Then you know how successful that joke is. Yeah. In the car on the way, I was fucking with it and fucking with it. And then I added to it. So then I go, when I go, that's like motherfucker bringing, a, motherfucker bringing crack to a weed party. We all in here dancing in the parliament and got earth, wind, and fire. This motherfucker show up with an armful of gospel records. Think about that. A transgender, gospel, and crack. It's not a good time. And matter of fact, it's a risky time. Because as soon as we smoke that crack, somebody's fucking that transgender. And then I go, uh, wouldn't that make a hell of an anti-crack uh, ad com- campaign? Kids, don't smoke crack. You'll fuck a transgender. So I add on to saying transgender a total now of four times. And then I did a whole brand new bit segueing into why I'm sick of wokeness and political correctness. Dude, when I tell you it fucking crushed at the Long Beach Laugh Factory, it crushed. You know comedian Bill Dawes. We did his, his podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was there. Another black comedian who was on before me. I closed out the show. Named Suli McCullough was there. And Suli's one of those dudes like Chappelle, like uh, my man. Again, what's his name? The one that the, 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 uh, from the comedy store that did his special at the time. The black dude. Jay Carmichael. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gerard Carmichael. Suli is Gerard Carmichael. Suli is one of those thinkers. He's a thinker. Yeah. His material is very thoughtful. And, and as I was doing it, it's crushing. But I'm watching Bill and Sully. And both of them are in the back watching me intensely. Now, because, and I'm, and I'm seeing Bill's face and he's fucking eyes are wide. He's fucking laughing. I see him and Sully talking. And at the end of it, I, I, I say to Bill, I go, yo, Bill, man, what'd you, what'd you think of that new bit? He said, yo, I fucking loved it. He goes, yo, me and Sully was talking. And Sully was like, yo, on some Chappelle shit, you could see where based on what he's saying and the thought and being able to find the this and the that in it, they fucking dug it. And mind you, the, 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 the Long Beach crowd is, is a little older and they more of a, you know, a lot of hardcore Mexicans and shit being there, it, but it'd be a nice diverse. It's diverse, room, but it's just, but it's not all white. It's not all white, but it's a little rougher. Yeah. I got it's, you. it's not as, you know, cut to, all right, I'm in the car. And I, and I said to myself, the thing I always say, which I've said to you, the scary thing about a new bit is when it goes well, you can't put all your eggs in that basket that it's a hit unless it's just a bona fide, obvious home run, Babe Ruth, out of the fucking park, all bases loaded, grand slam. And, and once in a while, you come up with a bit like that. But for the most part, even if a bit does well, you can't automatically go, Man, that's solidified. You got to do it again because you got to see, okay, was it a fluke? Is, is, it, is it really good? How's, this, how's it play again? How's it going to play on the road? You got to test it four or five times. So I'm like, all right, 
I won't say it's a hit hit, but damn, it did well. Cut to, I go to the fucking fucking Laugh Factory in Hollywood. And, you know, I, I said to myself, from now on, I'm only doing the midnight shows. I, matter of fact, I want to close the midnight shows because the people that come in there are the hardcore comedy fans, the stragglers, the or the ones who have stayed past the primetime middle show. Those are the hardcore because they love comedy. Not saying that the, the, the first show in the middle crowd doesn't, but those young kids, those young adults, they want to go. We want to go where there's a hot place to go watch comedy, but we also want to get the fuck out of there, get our drink on, and party for the rest of the night. So you're dealing with a certain mentality and a different energy. And I always said that middle show at the Laugh Factory is prime time. It's always packed. It's the fucking energy is through the roof. You could sneeze on the mic and they lose their shit. Dane Cook was there. He did a guest spot, which meant, of course, he ran over 40 minutes. Cut to this black dude named Chris something from SNL. I've seen him on there. Short little black dude, bald head. I've never seen him on SNL, but I know he's on SNL. Never saw a stand-up. Dude was funny as fuck. He fucking killed it. But he said nigga a lot. So my first joke out the gate, because it was supposed to be him, Max Amini, which is this Middle Eastern dude, then me. But Max showed up late. So they was like, yo, can you go up after Chris? It's like, all right. But then I'm also going, fuck. And I got on stage. So I, first thing I go is go, yo, y'all giving up for Chris, man. I never saw him. But the motherfucker's hilarious. He killed it. Said nigga a lot, though, uh, which is okay. But I say nigga a lot, too. So between me and him, it's going to feel like a, 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 a Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> got a good laugh. Yeah. I opened up with the fucking joke I've been opening up with on the road about me and you, Mississippi versus uh, Miami. The Mississippi joke went over, but not like it normally does, which was my first uh-oh. But then I thought, yeah, whatever. Dude, the moment I said transgender, them motherfuckers shut down on me. Like you could hear a gasp in the room. You could hear a mouse piss on cotton. They shut. And then because I added the new shit, so I said it four times. Each time I said it, you could feel them getting more and more uncomfortable. Then to follow it up with the normal shit I do, which comes after that, which is my daughter's a stripper, uh, yay for pedophilia, fucking uh, homosexuals, um, uh, a gang of niggas, and then the Martin Luther King joke. And that really took them out. <laughs> and it was crazy because I'm on stage and I'm, and I'm saying what I've said before in rooms that do that. This material is tested. I know it fucking works. Why are you motherfuckers so tight? And I said, you know what's crazy to me? You guys got locked up on me on transgender. But between me and Chris, you've heard nigga a million times and that ain't made you cringe at all. And it was one of the most uncomfortable. And I've said this on stage. You've heard me say this. Dude, when I'm standing up there and I'm looking at a sea of white women, all in their 20s, with their looks on their faces, their mouths gaped open, their heads shaking. I even said, I, I went, God damn, I felt like I'm being stared at by a jury. You motherfuckers are deciding my fate. It was an uncomfortable set. So I ended it with, 
after the Martin Luther King joke, I said, y'all a bunch of fucking pussies. I'm out. And as I'm walking, and you, you've been to the Laugh Factory. It's a small yeah. little joint. As I'm walking out to the main entrance where you got to walk past the, that, that back row of seats. And again, the host comes up. She's adjusting the mic, getting ready to bring up the next comic. It was quiet enough for people to hear me, but I went, sensitive ass motherfuckers. Now, there were people that laughed at me saying that because, listen, there were pockets of people where when I got on stage, they knew who I was. So they were like, yo, they were giving me that this nigga love like this, the nigga right here. But more of them came because they came for what the Laugh Factory is on a Saturday night. Right. Versus when I'm on the road, those are my fans. Those are the people coming specifically because they know Shaq go hard in the paint. So it was like, and, and, and even when the show was over, you know, I got the, the, the certain amount of people. Dude, you were fucking great. Fuck them. You were great. So those that were not afraid of the uncut coca loved it. But you could tell, man, these young fucking pussies. I'm so done with this woke generation. Okay, you want you want some answers on this though? Please. You said was, I ran it for 12 minutes. You said it was Saturday and it was the middle show, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, that's also a date show. It's dates. People go on a date. You have your girl, maybe you don't know her very well. And here's where this is why I said, and this is why I said white. And this is this is the big tell. And I and I and I like this the most. Because you said it worked in Long Beach, no problem. White people who tr- are trying to be woke, but they had they don't know why things are good are, are appropriate or inappropriate. They just know there's certain things that are not supposed to be said. And that's it. They don't know the reason why. So when you make a joke that makes fun of the reasons why, they don't get it because they're not in it. They don't understand it. They just know that that word can't be said, but they don't understand the premise that could make it okay to say that because what you're doing is you're making fun of the reason why someone might say, or you're, you're, you're making fun of it, not of transgenders, but of the, uh, of a situation uh, that would call for being made fun of, or that would have some comic relief to it. And they don't get it because they don't know why they're doing what they're doing. So you, you saying it the moment they hear the trigger word, that's it. That's all they know. They heard the word. And the reason, though, you and uh, the the dude before you can say the N word all the time is because they this is how this is. It it doesn't affect him. If if I went up there and did my joke, it would affect them because they would know that I'm not supposed to do it. The reason I only like to do that joke in a black room is because black people know why it's funny. White people just. But there's some white people that know why it's funny too. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's a date night. It's Saturday. It's not a, a comedy crowd that came out necessarily to see you, so they don't know the comedy. And when they hear a word like that, it just it it it's just a it, it it's it's basically the breaker on an electrical outlet. Keep keep what you thought. I just have to say, greatness of Dave Chappelle. That joke when he goes. Yeah, the CNN, it's not CNN, Comedy Central lady told me, Jay, I mean, Dave, you can't say faggot. Well, why? You're not gay. He goes, okay, but I can say the N-word in punity. And he, he walks out, he goes, I have a question for you, but I'm not a nigger either. Right. 
But that is that 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 is the. But clip. why is why is me and Chris saying nigga a million times not triggering them? Because, because in, in their minds, that's okay. Because you said it, and as a black dude, all they you know, you know that's why that's also why white dudes get punched in the face is because they get they think they can get a hall pass. They don't know the reason why. It's, you know, in the great in art and as an artist. You, you have to learn the rules first in order to break them, right? Like you need to know how to do certain things so that you, and when you break those rules, you break them for a reason as an artist. Right. In these relations, race relations, they don't know what the, they don't understand what the rules are. They don't, they just know what the outcome is. And so they're trying to stay away from the outcome, not ever understanding the rules. That's why, Progress never gets made the way that it should because they don't understand the why not or the why too. Dude, this is why I say, and you, me and you have had these conversations together on the road a million times. And I said one of the hardest things for me to do, one of the hardest things for a lot of comics to do is to accept bombing, failing, not doing well. And that's why I swear I promised myself going forward, I'm going to do the midnight show because when you, you get seduced very easily. And this is why I'm so glad you told me, go back to the store because I can't wait to do that bit in the comedy store where it's dark and it's people can hardly see you. You can hardly see them. It's a different relaxed feeling. When you do the laugh factory, the lights are so bright. The room is so only so big that, that again, that, that between the first show and the middle show, the prime shows, the energy is so. Rah, I mean, every comic that touches that stage is a rock star, and you can get seduced by that and go, "I don't want to be the one guy that doesn't kill." And 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 I'm sitting here going, "I'm not killing," but I'm not killing not because I'm not funny or because this material sucks. I'm not killing because I'm the one guy of the whole lineup. And everybody killed. That's not safe. That's pushing the buttons. That's being edgy. And I'm going to tell you something. And I'm going to let you have it. It was really bothering me at first. But a dude wrote me, an e wrote me on, on Instagram and said this to me. And this was such a fucking badge of honor to me. At the same time, it, it bothers me because he goes, Aries, your career is not where you want it to be. And Hollywood doesn't fuck with you. Because you got Patrice O'Neill energy. You're like a cult following. People that know you and know your work and know what you stand for behind that mic love you because you're raw and you're real and you're honest. You're like a cult hit and you got Patrice O'Neill energy. And that for me is a badge while at the same time it makes me go, but damn, Patrice ain't make it though. When people go, you're the new young Paul Mooney. Great. He's a legend. But he didn't really make it, though. So I'm saying all that to say, as much as it was bothering me, I went, I'm the one comic here tonight that wasn't safe. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to shit on the other comics. They were hilarious. But they all played it safe. I did what I do. And the fact that them motherfuckers <gasps> made me go, well, if nothing else, I stood out. If nothing else, I stood out. Yeah, but... What's funny right now is you, you said some things 
and I'm, I'm actually going to have fun with this right now with you because um, he, he said you have that Patrice O'Neill energy, right? Yeah. But you have Ari Spears feelings. That's your problem. You don't have Patrice feelings. And, but that's what I want to get. That's, that's like my joke when about to be in fat. I got Michael Jordan dreams, but Dennis Rodman habits. Exactly. You don't have Patrice's feelings. And so, you know, when, even when you described what happened, you went back and you said, I got some love afterwards and some people laughed and there was pockets. What would Patrice have said to that? That to, that to me, Patrice would have said was a, he failed because he wants, there, there's no reason to have 10% of the room like you and 90% dislike you. You need all 100% to dislike you then. Right. And you, you were living off the 10%. Patrice didn't even want that 10%. How do I offend the, the, the 10 that do like me then? What do I do to fuck with them? Right. Yeah, good point. So you're living, you're, you're, you're living, you, it, it, it's a tough road if you're going to have, if, if that's who you are. And, I, and, you know, there is a lot to be said to, about having that style and not giving a fuck, except that you give a fuck. But, but I, I give a fuck. But I, I understand why it's necessary in order to be to, to become the Kung Fu master to not give a fuck. Yeah. Because in order for me to, to beat my master, Shung Tung Lao, I need to I need to figure out that last I don't give a fuck. But not to take not to not not to put anything against Patrice, but just speeding up to today, Patrice would have had a change a little bit today. And I don't know, though. We don't know. I, I don't I, know. But here's where I think he would have changed. I, because, I'm, because again, the, the thing was, and this is what's so fucked up. It's like a, it's Patrice's ending. And by ending, I mean his life. Yeah. Was like the Sopranos ending. What the fuck? Right. Because it felt like he was on the cusp of this motherfucker from Elephant in the Room is either about to blow or he's going to stay where he's been staying. We, we don't know. The fucking screen went to black. You're right. But, you know, the, the, uh, the SNL uh, Bill Burr routine that he did about white women. Right. That didn't go with the, the, those crowds in Hollywood. He had to work it and worked it for months to figure out how to get it. And it still had, you know, that, that uh, angst to it that, you know, put some people off when he, when he did it on Saturday night live, but, but he, he's still, he's still alive to keep the, the, the legacy going. Yeah. But I'm just saying he had to work it to make that, to make that work. So your transgender bit, which is funny the way it is, if you keep working it there and you keep going up, you might find a way to make them go, okay, I see why it's funny now because you got to, you don't have to look at it this way, but I really see it this way. And the comic's job is to test the boundaries of, of society and social and, and our social, how we are socially. And what I'm saying is with white, with, with especially woke young white people, they're following rules, but they don't know why the rules are there. They don't understand it. So as you're doing this, if you educate them at the same time, they're going to find out, they're going to understand why what you're saying is funny. And it's not going to, even if they pull back at first, the education will bring them back to you. And that's where I believe comedy is at its best. And that's why I said Chappelle to me, although I am a diehard Richard Pryor is my number one guy. He's the one who made me see comedy for what it could be. But Dave is the one 
educating and taking people to the next level. So that's, that's where I think you are right now trying to see how this fits together for you, because you, it, it, no matter how hard you try, you're never going to, I don't think you'll, you have too many feelings to be Patrice as far as not caring, but then what's the, then what's the step for you and where, and, and there's already been a Patrice. So there needs to be just the Aries. Yeah, I know, but I, let's not, I don't, I don't, don't get caught up on my goal is to be Patrice. My, my goal is to be me. Right. But, but certain aspects of comedy should be for everybody. Right. But that's what I'm Being saying. Fearless me- and not caring is not a Patrice it's a Patrice thing, but it's not a Patrice thing because Bill Burr don't give a fuck a whole lot. I can name a whole slew of comedians that don't give a fuck. So that's not exclusive to Patrice. Right. But not giving a fuck is one thing. Chappelle, I don't think gives a fuck, but he also educates people along the way, which is the greatest thing comedy can do. I think that's the, I think all the great ones do that. And I think that's where you are with these jokes. You got to find a way to bring these people in so that they understand why it's okay. What you just said that it wasn't, it, it, it didn't punch down. It didn't hurt. It wasn't to hurt anyone who's transgender. It's actually to build up. Dude, I just, I will say this. Um, I'm just so proud. I'm not part of this young generation, man. <laughs> Like, 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 like the fa- this generation comes up going, it's okay to get an 18th place trophy. Aw, to political, cor- to, to being politically incorrect. Woke, offended for everybody. I'm so glad you and I came up in the Carlin Pryor, Murphy, Rock, Chappelle, Patrice era. Because, I, and again, I know this sounds like Old people, get off my porch, young kids, shit, where we're stuck in older, oldness and bitterness. You can't make me see how being a part of this young generation is better. No, it's not. I can't see it. I don't think it's better, but you know what's going to happen. It's not fun. This is not fun. But comics that are more in the style that you love are going to be in that generation and they're going to break through because they're not going to be that. There's comics right now that are already starting to break through a little bit. Yeah, you're right. And this is, and you said it best when you said the, the, there was people who did well that night, but they played it safe. And not that there's anything wrong with being a safe comic, but that's not what breaks through. That's not what goes to the next level. I would beg to differ in some, in some cases, uh, but I'll say this and then I'll be done with it because I know we got to move on. Uh, a dude hit me up and asked me the question, Hey, man, don't you feel like comedy is like super fucking soft now? Like this younger generation, who who is out there in this who out there comedically in this young generation of comics is there to pass the torch to the way Richard passed it to Eddie? Eddie passed it to Rock. What young comics are out there that you go an old head and legend in comedy can pass the torch to? And I said, nobody, dog, because this cocaine is cut different. You know, we the last of the real pure cut cocaine. And he goes, yeah, man, because it feels like between the LGBT community, wokeness, political correctness, these guys are a mafia. They're the Gambino family. I said, well, then I'm not fucking feds. I'm trying to shut them down. I I think there's comics that are going to come up 
and 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 take that mantle that you're talking about. I really do. I I, I see out here in New York. I see some people that are really uh, looking for that edge and are, are are on it, but not in the same way as what we're used to because that's been you know the bar has been moved around a little bit and they have to they have to keep a career. But I think once they get that, they go to that next level. I think that there's you have to have. You know, Ice T said that about uh, when we when we interviewed him about it's not about how when someone comes after him, it's he doesn't have to come after them because his people come after them. You know, if someone comes at him, and I think these people that are that younger group, which I'm in that younger group, even though I'm old, but I'm in that younger group. You have to get a a, a, a group. How, of, how, how what makes you in the younger group? Because I, I'm, I'm my age. Your my comedy age is ten years old. I'm ten. I mean, I've been doing it ten years. That's not. I know, but your, but your thought process ain't ten years. No, old. you're right. But I'm still. I'm around. So like to your a uh, page out of your own book. Uh, you got young people, age, but you got old people thinking. Right. So I, I but so it, it's hard for me sometimes. I fit. I, I don't have a true space. I'm trying to create my own space. But what I was saying is you got to get a crew behind you or you got to get fans behind you so that when people come at you, you have support. And so that you can get to that edge and you can ride that edge. But right now, I think that there's some really good comics like here in New York. I, I even even though New York has gotten softer, I still see these uh, these comics out here fighting it. I see them pushing the envelope. I see them trying to move it over because they know why it's funny. And no, and no comic, and, and, and we, we get down to it. And when I say this, that this comedy can't be, it, it can't be changed. We have to be able to do what we do in this room and feel safe in this room to be wrong if we are wrong. But we should be safe in that room because it's the only place that's left to do this. And you can't take that away from society. Society needs it. And sometimes as a comedian, you're going to try something out on stage and it's not going to be right. And you can't be held accountable for that one for the for saying something because you tried something and yeah and you found out okay that didn't work but that can't be what in in that room in those comedy walls that has to be a pass room you have to let that go now if someone you know if if you take that on to television and uh you go to all over america and you already know it didn't work in the comedy room and then you go throw it out there well then you get what you deserve but in those four walls People got to let that shit go. Dude, you know, I don't, I rarely fumble the ball. Uh, And only because it was a new joke, the new one I'm talking about, which you'll see on the road. I thought that the transgender thing, the gasp was so, the, 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 it made me fumble. As I was doing the new new joke, segueing into it, I fumbled. I forgot what I was supposed to say. I fumbled my words because I was, and, and you and I have said this comedy. When people have asked me, one of the questions Katrina, who, who, who runs the room in Long Beach asked me, Hey, so when during COVID you didn't do any of that comedy on online where you don't have an audience. I said, bitch, I am a purist and my timing depends on laughter. It's like when you see guys in the NBA, big men post up, and the defender does the pull the chair move. When the when the defender when the, when the, when the guy with the ball posts up and he does a shack back down, he needs to feel your body. One, two, 
Now, if that second bump, he know how to spin, which way to spin. He knows how to go. But the defender does the pull the chair where he he backs away and now you don't feel his body. So you stumble and it's a turnover because you done fell. That's what that audience is. It's that defender that I need to to bump off of my 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 those laughs. Let me know timing wise what I'm supposed to do. I I agree. There's and when I and when and when I and when I after the transgender thing, when I heard the gasp and they just wasn't with me and I tried to do the new bit. It threw me so much because they pulled the chair. I'm like, what the fuck? Well, if you didn't have the success with it, see, and this is this is the funny part too. This is and when people ask about questions about comedy, this is such a great conversation because you did have the win in Long Beach. So right. you knew that it was good. You knew what it was there. And the reason the chair felt like that is because you knew that you had people. Where did they go? Because you already had right. it. Yeah, where did they go? And that really that that is. Uh, but thank God you did Long Beach first because you 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 might have thrown that whole thing away thinking this Absolutely. is Absolutely. And we've said that. We, and that's why I go, if a joke works, don't get too excited. But if it don't work, don't get too disappointed. Right. Because you have to do it four or five times before you go, I I done did this motherfucker five times, five different rooms, maybe a couple different types of audiences, and it got the same result. It failed. It's time to throw this away. Or the opposite. This is a keeper. But yeah. it was it was not it was salt and pepper, dude, between the two clubs. Dude, I but see, and when you say that between the two clubs, even when we were in uh Des Moines, right? First night, I hit. I thought I killed. I thought I did really well. Right. Saturday night, I couldn't buy a laugh. And same club. <laughs> right. Right. And I, and I was, I, I, there was two new little pieces that I put in there and, and it, it just, it, when you, when you get that and you're trying to do like, uh, like you just said, you're trying to do those new pieces and you can't get that feel of the room. Oh my, it is, it is the worst because there's nothing there. It's I, I, I yeah, you, you've already touched on it. I'm not even going to try to explain it any because you explain it the best it can be explained. I, it is so, Yeah. You need you need those laughs. You need those people. You need the sound to keep your rhythm going. You ready to you ready to talk about inside of Andy's ass? <laughs> you you don't want to wait for the movie to come out, <laughs> dude. That was a colonoscopy. Colonoscopy, dude. Uh, it was as good as it gets. I, I guess um, there a couple things with it. Uh, I, I put out a post that I was in there. I, I was the youngest. I was the youngest person in the room, the colonoscopy waiting room, right. uh, where I where I did post it. It felt good to be the the youngest and tightest ass in the room. Uh, mm. So uh, I felt good about it. Uh, but dude, this is the second one I got. Uh, I got one when I was fifty, and now I'm fifty five. I have to get him every five years because my uh, my brother had uh, polyps, so they wanted me to do it. And uh, most people wait ten. So after this last one, they told me I could go to seven, but it's just so weird out here. Cause when the first one I got done in Arizona and I'm a smart ass and I like to make jokes, they oh. weren't, they weren't feeling any of my jokes. Uh, I felt, really? I felt like you did at, uh, at, at the Hollywood, uh, laugh factory. <laughs> right. I was like, uh, what was one of the things I, I said, do we get pictures? I, I said, Oh, she goes, so we're going to do this. And she was explaining. And then, and then I go, and then I get pictures kind of like at the log ride at, uh, at, at Disneyland. 
And she just looked at me like, what? And I was like, you know, when you go down Splash Mountain, they take that picture. Right. She goes, no, there, there's no pictures. I go, what was oh. she? What was her makeup? Uh, I just think she was just some random American chick. White, black. White, whiteish. Yeah. There, there was some, you know, something in there, but it wasn't any, she was white. Uh, the black girls that were there that were working did find me funnier. Because uh, right. uh, at the end, I said, thank you. Uh, I said, I appreciate it. She goes, they go, thank you. Uh, you have a nice day. And I go, thank you for, you know, seeing all of me. And uh, she found that funny. But uh, it was just, it was just weird. They're just, it's a different feeling out here. Uh, they take their medical, uh, doctors here take everything more seriously. I told my doctor I picked him because he had the skin of your fingers. Oh, did he laugh at that? No. Oh, wow. There was no laughter. There was no laughter, but I got Did you, did you ever insinuate at any point before you were a comedian? Um, not that I was a comedian, but I thought I was pretty funny. I thought they would get it. Uh, but I got the the propothal, the stuff that uh-huh. uh, that took out Michael Jackson. Dude, oh, really? That stuff is amazing, man. This stuff amazing is, in what sense? You just feel so good after you get oh, there. Really? Yeah. And I was only asleep for half an hour, and you just feel like it just shuts all. It's it it just shuts everything down, and so you feel relaxed, re uh, energized because you just. You, you weren't thinking about anything. There was no stress. There's no problem. So you didn't feel the camera in your ass? No, you don't feel the camera in your ass. You never, you never, really? yeah. Cause you, how, you're how old now? 46, right? Yeah. Dude, you got four years, brother. But no, what I'm saying is, are you saying you didn't feel the camera in your ass because of what they gave you? Yeah, I'm out. You're out the whole time. So out like you don't remember nothing? Like a, like an anesthesia? I don't know anything. But this was the oh, second time, man. the first time and the second time, both times. I had a a pretty attractive looking nurse who's in this, who's, you know, who's assisting in the procedure. Right. And there's nothing worse. There's it just feels so demeaning in a way to that there's an attractive person in the room, and not that I think that you know, obviously not. Uh, I, I'm not attracted to her as anything else except the person in the room. But I mean, it's just, it's embarrassing that, you know, someone that is attractive is hooking you up to a hose so they can look at a picture in your ass. I don't know. So, some, so if it was Natechnechnechnia, I'd feel a Russian like, female KGB agent, then you'd it'd be different. Yeah. Like one of them, like the KGB soccer players. Yeah. I'd be all right with it. I'm going to put Cumberland in your ass so I can look inside. <laughs> Really, the way we do it in Russia, we don't even need camera. We just use our fingers <laughs> out your booty hole and look in. <laughs> oh, shit. That would have been much better. Uh, but no, it was really weird. Um, I was going to do a live stream before I got there, and I was like, nah, I can't do this. It, it just wasn't fun. They weren't having any fun with me. So, uh, And I even said to the anesthesiologist, I said, yeah, I would... Uh, I was going to do a live stream with you. And she goes, oh, it sounds like someone's a little bit too into their social media. And I go, I hate social media. I go, but it's part of my job. And so I was just, I'm done. Yeah, I think, I, I think, I think uh, them being hardcore with me would have made me want to dig deeper. I just, I wasn't, ha- I felt like, I felt like I was doing a comedy show and the room wasn't giving me anything. <clears throat> like they came, they came for the wings, not the show. Right. So okay. I was done. I was done. But I got done. Guys, just want to let everybody know. 
healthy, got the cleanest colon in the world, and uh, don't have to get it for another seven years. Uh, I want to make a quick announcement, something just for the both of us, too. Uh, August 3rd, HBO's doing a documentary called Obama. It's a perfect union. Uh, we got to add that to our list of things to watch and talk about. Because, you know, for the motherfuckers that are going to roll their eyes that listen to this podcast, you know, I'm, you know, pro-Obama all day. So I want you guys to watch. Uh, August 3rd, Obama the perfect dude. Uh, get a chance to see more about how glorious I've been as a president. My kids, uh, Sasha, Malia, Michelle Obama. Uh, so I'm looking forward to watching that. And then I think it's either August 8th or 9th. It's back. Season three, baby. Godfather Harlem. Yeah. Oh, can't wait. Yeah, the previews look pretty good. And big shout out to all of those who put me up on Queen of the South. I finished it. (laughs) Andy, I know what you mean by Disney ending, but I got to be honest. I wasn't mad at that. I wasn't mad at that. Because they got you. They brought you in. They showed you what a pretty picture can look like, and you were okay with it. Listen, at first I was like, yo, the last episode, they not going to have the lead character in the last fucking episode? That's crazy. And then James is the one that shoots her. Y'all not going to wrap that up? But then the way they put it all together, and then towards as it was getting towards the end, I went, this bitch is still alive. I, I could see it coming. But, yo, I enjoyed it, man. I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed it, man. See, but it's, it, it's, it, necesita Teresa Mendoza Chipa Cabron de Puto. Motherfucker, man. I like that motherfucker, man. Dude, it was the same. It, it's just a happy ending. It's just, a, it's a Disney. It was a very happy ending. That's, but that's what, you know, that's a bullshit ending, though. You know, and that's not how, that, I, if you like that, that's nice and it's good, I guess, in a way that people will wrap shit up and make you happy and make you feel like your day is all right. But I think that I, I think that we suffer in this country a little bit from the Brady Bunch uh, idea. Right. Uh, that, you know, it's all, you know, even in the tragedy of the Brady Bunch that they don't even talk about that one, you know, obviously – uh, it wasn't a divorce. It was a death. And then they got these right. two people find each other and they make this beautiful family. And, you know, the the son sneaks out to go say what a great dad that he has. And then he finds out and he gets in trouble. And then the dad feels bad because he, you know, this is all bullshit. This isn't how reality is. And, and, and I hate that you talk about TV uh, and movies being a powerful medium and that it sets a tone for our lives. Right. That set the biggest bullshit tone that you could be a fucking gangster drug dealer. And then at the end, you can go retire on a beach. No one's going to know you're there. You know what would have been a great ending? If they would have done the whole ending. And then as they're driving away, you see the fucking house blow up. That would have been the fucking ending. <laughs> that one's the one I would have went, okay, I like this then. Right. Um, yeah, but you know, listen, man, for what it was, and again, th- this this is truly that's why again when you say like a soap opera telling them i forget the telling word about, yeah like the mexican soap opera yeah yeah it, it it was very 
It was a it was a soap opera with action. Yeah, it was a soap opera that they you make it big, and you make it the way that you want to make it, and you make it more interesting every time, and then you take a twist and a turn, and then everybody sees where it's going, and everybody's happy with it. And everybody's happy right. at the end. Yeah. So so in terms of suspension of disbelief, again, you knew, I've heard I've harped on this a million times. Certain things are more believable than others. Certain things aren't believable at all. They get the fuck out of here moments, but. For what it was, and as I said, somewhere between season two and, 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 and four, there was a lull to me where I just went, this bitch keeps running. But once it started cooking back up, yo, it was, it was yo, I liked it, dude. Dude, did you ever see uh, the series House about the doctor? No. Dude, it's a very, the series is That's good. That's the dude with the cane, right? Yeah, the series is good. I actually enjoy it because it's it's a, it's an asshole and they treat him like an asshole in it. Uh, but he's just smart. And they, you know, obviously every, every episode, uh, you know, he's, he realizes what's going on and, you know, it, it's kind of canned the idea of the way it happens. But at the end, they did the similar thing where they made this happy ending and I fucking hated it. If anyone was supposed to have an undesirable ending, it was that dude. And just, I, I, I don't know why it bothers me so much because they want people to be happy because I think they spend more money with the advertisers when they're happy, but fucking, this isn't how life is. Give me some, the, give I'm, me some reality. I'm going to tell you, there's a show with you're one of your favorite guys. I think I'm going to check out because, uh, what was, I was watching something on Showtime and they showed the previews for it. And I know it's, it's in, it's in its fifth season now. But I just was looking like, yo, this shit looked like it could be good with your man, Paul Giamatti. Millions. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a good show. I You've never got it? I never got into it. And you have to watch it. Like you have to watch and I and I would I would definitely take the time to watch it. It's it, it's good. Okay. Uh let's get into this Kevin Bacon movie, Death Sentence, man. Oh, you don't want to talk about the uh, Lakers real quick first? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's up to you. I mean, so no, we can't because that's your team. No, it's not my team. You got LeBron's there. I mean, I like LeBron, but I, I, you know, I, I was watching before the pandemic. Uh, yeah, yeah. They got they 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 signed Russell Westbrook. Yeah, uh, and you think so, that works? You think Westbrook and LeBron? I think it's going to be vicious. I think it's going to be vicious because 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 as, as long as LeBron don't age overnight. If Anthony Davis stays healthy, uh, it's, it's just vicious. And, and it actually can work because uh, LeBron doesn't mind giving up the ball and being the assist master. And Westbrook likes to have the ball in the score. I, I just don't know that, you know, LeBron likes to distribute the ball. Westbrook likes to distribute the ball to himself. I mean, he likes holding the ball for a long time. That's the only thing I don't know that works out real well. But well, let me let me let me say let me also say, uh, if, if LeBron don't age overnight, if Anthony Davis can stay healthy, and I think there gets it gets to a point where some of these guys who are who have been the guys, a la Westbrook, a la Harden, the stars. They go, the clock's ticking on my chance for a championship. So I got to pull back on something. I have to change something. I think with Russell knowing he's going to LA with LeBron and AD, for him to get a chip, and listen, LeBron ain't getting younger. 
Westbrook ain't getting younger. Anthony Davis ain't always the healthiest. He's going to pull back and adjust his game to do what's necessary to get the chip. I even read where the Lakers want to also sign Carmelo Anthony. Now, again, talk about a guy that's been the guy. Give me the ball. Let me shoot a ton. But even in Portland, Carmelo knew he had to pull back, and he did. Well, he's older. He's older. He feels it now. Right. So coming to L.A., if they get Carmelo Anthony and he plays his role and Russ Brook plays his role and LeBron stays a little bit still young and AD is healthy, that's a lock. You think you think they can beat Brooklyn? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think if they. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. I don't think they get by Brooklyn. And and the reason I don't think they get by Brooklyn is because I I think Westbrook has to change his game. And although he says he wants to, there's some people, you know, you could say that, you know, you could call a cat a dog. But a cat's still a cat. You can call a dog a cat, but the dog's still a dog. Whatever it is that's in him to make him that way, that's who they are. You can call a man a woman, but he's still a man. <laughs> you can call him that. You can make changes and become something different. I thought she was going to do a Geronimo. Uh, no. Because uh, I set you up for that, and I feel but kind of bad. Um, but he has to play his game. Westbrook is going to play his game. And it it can really work for them because Anthony Davis needs to manage minutes. LeBron needs to manage minutes. My question is, even though Westbrook has had, uh, you know, he, he's he's good, where, when is he going to get hurt? When is he going to be too many minutes? When is, you know... How old is he? Well, he's the same age as KD, I think. What, are, what is he, 30? Are they only like 34? Yeah. yeah, so he's still young. Still young, but, you know, he's played a lot, and he plays hard. Right. So... I don't know. I, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I just, I don't know that unless, like you said, there's some adjustments that need to be made. I still think LeBron wants to be a facilitator, especially at this point in his career. Uh, and he likes the, playing on the outside. And, and when the opening's there, he'll take it. But, you know, this may be the old guys going to go, could go and win a championship. We could. Right. But I, I think KD has a lot to prove. And then going back up against Westbrook, I think that, that that's that's the that's the mental matchup right there to me. If, if we get, well, you know, on, on paper, uh, that's the must see TV. Yeah. Brooklyn versus L.A. Yeah. You know, Braun versus Kyrie Durant versus Westbrook. Yeah, that's that, yeah. that's that's it right there. That that's that's the mental matchup. Uh, and that that's going to be like, you're going to actually see who wants it. Right. If, if it goes that way, you know, that's provided everybody stays healthy. Everybody gets to the end and those, and that becomes the finals. So, right. Uh, we'll see. I, I just, I, I like that they're making moves though. They're trying to, they're trying to build that again, that Lakers, dy- that dynasty. They want to get a dynasty. I don't think that they, even with this, I don't know. They get more than one year out of it if they do. Yeah. Well, I look forward to it. All right, let's get to this. Uh, what's shaking uh, with Kevin and, Bacon? And, and again, this was a recommendation from someone uh, via email. Death sentence. First note I got. Well, that's a question, actually. Kevin Bacon, actor or movie star? And before you answer, 
because he's a hell of an actor. Uh, but in my opinion, and you know, again, what constitutes movie star? You're the marquee, you're the name, you're the lead, you're selling it. It's it all hinges on your shoulders, the success or the failure. You are front and center. You're the guy. Other than Footloose, I don't know that Kevin Bacon has ever been the star of a movie. He's always been one of the stars in a movie, and he's a phenomenal fucking actor. So, actor or movie star? He's a value pick movie star. Value pick? Yeah. Like, if you can't get your first 10 choices of movie star... He's still a movie star. He's a value pick. He's a name that brand. That's the most political, kind way of saying no. But he is. I mean, you could say Kevin Bacon. Everybody knows who Kevin Bacon is. You don't. You, you if you, again, if you put your top ten movie stars on paper, he's not in the top ten. Well, right now, but he's but he's phenomenal. Well, the other thing though that makes him an actor over a movie star is he doesn't. He can play any part. Yeah, I'll give you that. You know, he can he can take he can take a character role and make it make it a big role. He can take uh, an action kind of guy and be the action guy, which is kind of what they tried to do in this thing. Um, you know, and he can play the guy that he played in the beginning of this movie. Uh, he he's he has he's an actor, uh, but I think that he's your budget pick movie star. What do you think about the movie? <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> It's terrible. Terrible. Just terrible. <laughs> Just terrible. Uh what made why why you why you say terrible? Because it's the movie again, it it's the made for television movie of the week movie. It it's it's the guy who is a good guy, does everything right, he gets wronged, and uh the only He's thing Death Wish. Yeah. He he come, and then it brings out the inner person who needs to hit the who's going to get the revenge but he doesn't have the skill level to get the revenge and all of a sudden he he turns into you know uh uh jean-claude van damme is who he turns into it it, it doesn't happen that way you know what happens if me or you uh go to get revenge on someone after they after they're the bad guy the bad guys we go to, to the right. bad guy's house to get the revenge we get killed that's what happens right uh and i don't know there's just so many there's so many people in this that did uh, a good job with a bad character john goodman i thought did a great job with his terrible character but if i was john goodman i would be like this is the dumbest dad character yeah <laughs> Just so you know, folks, here's the movie, the synopsis. Uh, Kevin Bacon plays a great family man, dad. Uh, one of one of his two sons gets killed by this ruthless, wild street gang. And after one, the guy gets off on a technicality, uh, of course, it practically destroys Kevin Bacon's family. He seeks revenge uh, and justice. Since since the justice system has failed, he ends up killing the guy that kills his son. The gang gets wind of who he is and practically kills off his family. Kelly Preston, his wife gets killed. His his last remaining son, where now at this point it's just him and his son, is brutally hospitalized. 
And then Kevin Bacon just turns into Charles Bronson and destroys the whole gang. Um, I mean, action packed. Yes. But there was so many holes and so many unbelievable things that went on. It just made you go. It was a lot of get the fuck out of here moments. You know, that cliche moment where, you know, uh, the one one of the gang members after they go into the and, and spoiler alert, but Kevin Bacon and his son stop at a gas station to get gas and his, his son goes into the gas station and the get these gang members show up in two cars like Mustangs and they were racing. They go in and one of the newest gang members in order to get initiated into the gang, he has to kill someone. So he chooses to kill the gas station clerk. And since his son happened to be there, his son too. And of course, Kevin Bacon is outside getting gas during all this, but he sees it going down in the window. And by the time he can rush in, his son's already been macheted up. And at one point, the gang members all take off in their cars and one dude is left behind. And it's that classic cliche of he's standing in the street and out of nowhere gets hit by a Mac 10 truck. And that's always funny to me because again, trucks are the loudest vehicles on the planet. And at no point, does this guy see the truck, hear the truck? And again, like, and, I, and we said this about Ozark, the truck doesn't even try to stop. It's going in full rhythm and pancakes this nigga. And if it did try to stop, you know that noise. There was a specific, I'm hitting the brakes on my truck noise. And it didn't even try to stop. We've seen that a million fucking times. It's the moment that makes you jump out of your seat. Because the dude is there one minute and then snap of a finger, bam, he gets hit out of existence. So that cliche shit already got me. Um, and, and, and they drive their custom cars with custom paint jobs to go murder random people. Right. That no one's going to just little things like that. Just bother me. No, not, not little things. Major things. Okay. And who's the, who's the, the chick that's a comedian. That's actually the cop. Aisha Tyler. Dude. I, I actually seen her in quite a few things and I think she's funny. Uh, she's, a, she's funny first of all. And I think that she's, she can act. Uh, she didn't either in this movie. I'm glad you're saying it. Cause dude, this is the part where I have Andy in the back of my head like a comic strip cartoon air bubble. Be careful what you say. You don't want to come off like an ass. Blah, 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 blah. Listen, I think Aisha Taylor is gorgeous. I've seen her in certain things. She's great. Dude, I could tell she was acting. I could see the deep, look at my face. Look at the, the strong facial expressions because I'm a cop. Look at the way I sway my eyes from left right <laughs> i didn't buy it nigga I, the whole time i'm watching her i'm going i can tell she's trying to act like a serious cop and it i wasn't buying it i even think she purposely left her hand nappy just to bring root truth to it dude it's just that everything about what a cop would do or wouldn't do has nothing to do with this movie like they threw out everything that like with his hand and the cut and the, 
It's just, right. and she looks at the hand, but then that's the only, the only reference to it. And there's no DNA evidence on the kid's body that from Kevin Bacon's blood. And here's, here's the, here's the, here's a side note that has nothing to do with the movie, but it does. And, uh, I want to ask you about this because this, this is the part that's kind of weird to me. Um, Kelly Preston, and, and, and I'm not trying to bring up anything horrible. Before but- you go to Kelly Preston, can I just piggyback yeah. off of your last note? Yeah. Like, like there's the scene where we established that Kevin Bacon establishes with Aisha Tyler that the cops are after, that these gangs are after his family. Yeah. His family's in danger. Yeah. So as a measure of protection, she puts two cops in a squad car outside his house. Yeah. Cut to both these cops have been shot to death in a white suburban neighborhood. No one hears the shots. Two white cops have been killed. And you mean to tell me the entire force doesn't come after this gang? Right. You are cop killers. You murdered two cops in their squad car. And at no point do the cops go, hey, Mr. Bacon, you don't need to be a vigilante. The whole force well, is on these motherfuckers' ass. You done kill cops, nigga. But even before you get to that, okay, I, let, let, let's pretend all this could happen. Let's pretend. Oh, oh okay. Pretend all this could happen. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at my notes. So at one point, Aisha Tyler says to him, uh, she names him. She, after, after two cops are killed, she goes, she warns him, don't go after these guys. Because this is the Buddha Buddha gang. Yeah. Like you started this. You started this. So now you the, the Buddha Buddha gang, who's deadly and powerful and dangerous, is going to come after you. Okay. So you're the police. Your job is to protect me. You know who the gang is. Two white cops have been killed in the car, in this, in, in there, in this suburban, well, well-to-do class neighborhood. And you're scared. And y'all not going to go after these motherfuckers? That was so unrealistic. Also, why would they leave him at the house? The cops? Yeah. Why wouldn't they just move the family to a different place where they didn't know where they were? Why Either they, or. Yeah. But here's the, here's the, here's the, I got to tell you this, this, this is a side story on, onto this uh, because, and this is, this is horrible. And I don't even, I, when I saw this, the son that gets killed mm-hmm. looks a little bit uh, like, Kelly Preston's and John Travolta's son, Jet, who died two years later after this movie. Mm. And it was just such a weird thing because of the way, and, and obviously they didn't die the same way. Uh, their son, Jet, who was on the spectrum, autism spectrum, he had a seizure. But it was just so weird. And you play this movie and then the kid who kind of looks like your son I don't know. It was just weird. That part was creepy to me because I looked up to see when, which, when the movie was made and when her son died because the similarities freaked me out. That part freaked me out about the whole movie. And I think that made me more freaked out about the whole movie than anything else. <laughs> right. Cause you're playing that your mom, you, that your son dies in this movie and you see her acting uh, because her son was killed. And then two years later, this the guy who looks like who similar, not exact, but similar, it, it just freaked me out. That was a little weird. That was a little, it, it, right. it got to that point where like, um, I don't know, like if you were, if I got movie parts, I don't know that I would play the, where my son dies. I think that would bother. Right. That would make me nervous. Like I, 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 right. I don't know that I'm, 
I guess I don't want to say I'm super superstitious, but I don't like inviting bad or negative energy. And that seems so, that seems, uh, not, not blaming them or saying that they invited it. I'm just saying I get worried about stuff like that. I just think that I'm a little bit weird when it comes to that. So that, that kind of had me creeped out, but the movie itself, my favorite part of the movie that is, uh, and I will tell you that the only part I agreed with in the movie is if you're not a killer, if you're not a gun savvy and Kevin Bacon's buying his first guns, the only thing that I found realistic about this movie is that he used a shotgun to kill people. And that's about the only, that's the best chance you have to taking out people is the shotgun because you don't have to aim accurately to take out people. But when he, when he shot the dude's leg off, <laughs> leg is sitting there. That was my only favorite. That was my favorite part of the whole movie. I was like, ah, that, that actually, that at least is fun. <clears throat> Dude. Even when the gang goes after him, when he, when he leaves the office and they see him and they start shooting him, shooting at him, in the streets. Yeah. That whole action sequence from the time they shot him in the streets, he's running through little alleys inside restaurants. Then he runs into a parking structure where he goes several levels, eventually makes his way to the roof, has the fight with the one guy. The guy is in the car and the car goes over the roof, hits the ground all within the a proximity of each other. And finally, once the scene is over and he takes off in his car, you hear, woo, 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 woo. <laughs> so you mean to tell me in a busy, bustling, working area, buildings, jobs, gunshots in the streets, motherfucker running loose through alleys, through restaurants, being chased by guys with guns in a parking structure where if a gun is shot, there's an echo. The fucking, the car goes over the roof. It's the pavement. Damn, it explodes. No helicopters. No, no LAPD. No woo, 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 woo. It took the whole scene to end before the cops started to come near. Okay. Uh, all that Here's how I think I would have ended the movie. I would never let it get to this situation because I would have had uh, Aish take uh, Kevin Bacon and his family over to the Queen of the South's new house that no one knows where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> and they would have been safe. It forever. was in Bolivia. It was in Bolivia. Yeah. And they would have been safe forever. And uh, they would have both both families could have lived happily ever after. Who gave us this movie as a suggestion, by the way? I can't remember. A dude, dude, dude wrote in an email. Said, man, you got to check out Death Sentence. Kevin plays a badass and blah, 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 blah. If you just take it for what it is, popcorn, finger licking, soda sipping, candy, juju be eating, entertainment. Yeah. But this shit, even the ending. So I, I wrote... So Kevin Bacon gets shot in the neck. Yeah. He's near death. And the movie ends with no resolve. Again, his son was almost, his last son was almost killed to death. He's the only one left. He's in the hospital. You could tell he's going to live, but he's near death. You don't know if Kevin Bacon lives, if he dies. If he lives, he's going to jail for murder. If he doesn't die, I mean, if he, if he doesn't go to jail, 
that he's going to die. And his son, his teenage son, is now fending for himself. Yeah. And the house has been shot to shit. Well, here's the here's 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 the end. Here's the end. It's missed because this is movie is such a weirdly written movie. You know, his his uh, job was that he uh, there's a name for this and I forgot what it's called, but he was he predicts uh, based on um, statistics what the odds are of good or bad things happening and how things turn out. Like Ben Stiller and along came Polly. Yes. An actuary. He's a risk assessment. Yeah. Like assess risk. Yeah. They're actually called, they're actuaries in, in, uh, in the insurance game. Okay. So here's, here's what it is. Risk accept, assessment. He assessed all the risks. That's the whole tie in of him going to the, uh, to their place and him bringing the gun and knowing which guns to bring and how at the very end, when they try to make it that the, the big Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, Sylvester Stallone kind of ending with when he pulls out the 357 at the very end is, I think that's what it is. But he, that was his, he assessed all of this when he, I didn't, I didn't know that at all. That's, I didn't get that at all. So the end is he dies because he knew that he wasn't going to make it. He just got back out of his house. But you know that he was an insurance guy. So his son is taken care of. It's at, not at it, a teenager. Yeah, it's not in the movie. But that's that's the that's the story that they're giving you at the end. That's what that's what's left. That's all that's left. I didn't get that at all. That's because it's a bullshit movie. Wow. Yeah, but John Goodman. I actually, it's unfortunate that it was such a poorly written, put together character. And his son just blows him away? At the very, yeah. After everything that goes on. Uh, like John Goodman said to Kevin Bacon, I know you're going to hunt my son down for what he did to your family, but I'm not going to help you by telling you where he is. I'll but kill basically, you. basically, yeah. go kill him. Yeah. Go, uh, he deserves to die. But I'm not going to tell you where he is so that you can kill him. Yeah. And if you, ask, me, to yeah, if you ask me where he is, I'm going to kill you. It's I'm going to kill you. you. Yeah. But, Come on, man. So it was a poorly written movie. <laughs> but out of actors, out of actors, Kevin Bacon did a good job as who he was. Uh, and uh, John Goodman did a good job of who he was. But and, that's what I'm saying. When you got John Goodman, Kelly Preston, Kevin Bacon, how do you turn? What? How do you turn out a movie like that? You would think that of all the people, this is why I go, I got to believe some of this shit is a money grab. Because if you're a good actor and you know a good script and the three of y'all read this script, there's not even a, a, a powwow phone call confrontation, call, call, phone call uh, a conference where y'all call each other and go, look, man, this script is garbage. Hey, don't worry about it. We're going to fix it in post. Psh. That was a money grab, dude. You know, I, I think so, but I never heard of the movie until I didn't either. So, you know, they didn't obviously didn't get promotion behind it. So I think it was a yeah, money but grab. But nowadays, nowadays in this streaming, you have 157 options yeah. of entertainment era. Just because it don't come out in theaters don't mean it ain't a good movie. No, and that's true. And just because, uh, if, if, even if it did come out in theaters, or just because it it gets released only like in streaming, there's money to be made in releasing a movie that you can do inexpensively with a good with some brand names that you can right. release to uh, uh, all the streaming services now. 
Right. So you can't be mad at it. This is what it is. But I can be mad at whoever suggested us watch this movie. Yeah, I threw that email and the, I, you know, once we read them, we we Kobe them. Kobe. Yeah, so whoever hey. whoever gave us that movie, step up <laughs> and let us know that you, this is the movie you liked and you recommended to us. Or or tell us, look, it's a bullshit movie, but it's entertaining. Yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that it's entertaining. But if I spent twelve fifty to go to the movies and had my oh, popcorn nigga, and my coke, I'm me- oh, I'm pissed. Yeah, yeah. But for what that was, I think I paid three ninety nine for it. I'm still mad. Yeah, I rented it on on Amazon Prime. Yeah, three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Yeah. HD. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, shit. I think that's it, brother. Yep. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm gonna go uh, ice my ass. Ice your ass. Oh. <laughs> Any announcements you got to make before we do this? Um, I don't have our dates, but we are, uh, we got Philly. Well, not sorry. We got Buffalo in two weeks, right? Yes. Not this, not this upcoming weekend, not next weekend. Uh, next, we got Buffalo the 12th through the 15th. Okay. And then after that, we are in. Uh, and I'm doing a gig, a one-nighter in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, I think Wednesday. That yeah. Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. Um, shit, I would help if I gave y'all the motherfucking info, which I don't have. But you can find uh, on AriesSpears.com. Not this one. This is one of those oh, my no? agents don't know about it because I ain't giving you motherfuckers a percentage. <laughs> you booked this one yourself? Yeah. Okay, so after, but after Buffalo, then the next week we're in, uh, where are we the next week? You usually the one with the calendar, nigga. Yeah, but I don't. I don't have it. I don't have it on me. I left it over at the other house. Uh, and at the what end, what house of, are you at? I'm in New. I'm in uh, Jersey City. I was in Hoboken. I was going to do our uh, podcast from Hoboken, but I left some equipment back over here, so I had to drive back over. But I left my. Uh, I left my notes at the other place. Uh, come on, I, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to tell you where we are. It's a funny, it's a funny bone. Where? I don't know. I and then we're San Jose? Yeah. Are we at San Yeah, 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 yeah. We're in San Jose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 we're not. We're not. No, no, no. No, no, we're not. We're at Okay. I know at the end of the month we are in uh Tommy T's at the end of August. Oh, Chicago, Chicago. Thank you. We're in Chicago. Sweet home, Chicago. So at Schomburg improv. Yeah. Buffalo in uh, Chicago and then Chicago and then Tommy T's in Pleasanton. Yeah. And then we're in Raleigh at the beginning of uh, September. All right. Improv. Uh, and as always, if you're new to this podcast, uh, I know you probably just, dived right in and you're listening to this episode but don't do that go to the beginning start from episode one go in order watch the growth watch the maturity see the nuts get bigger the dick get longer grow with us god damn it make the jokes make sense to you the callbacks this is one never-ending stand-up set did you get the uh instagram where the dude said how he didn't like me at the beginning, and then uh, <laughs> I, I I think I'm growing on people like a fungus. Dude, you've been doing that. <laughs> you've been doing that. Nigga. 
You like gray nut pubic hairs, nigga. You, you're coming in. Finally, it's happening. You're unavoidable. Um, this is from Lake This Coleman uh, at K E V O X 94. Instagram is at underscore M U S A T H E G R E A T, which is at Musa the Great. Uh, Instagram is, um, oh, that was his Instagram. Pardon me. Facebook is at L-A-K-E-V-I-S Coleman, C-O-L-E-M-A-N. The song is called The One. Enjoy y'all. Love y'all. See you tomorrow. Hey, by the way, now that I got a clean colon and everything's going well for me, I just like everybody to know, and that's how I how get he, the pussy. He gets pussy. <laughs> You got to start with a clean ass to get ass. <laughs> uh, all right, y'all. We out of here. Play with yeah. lighting up a L. This rap shit I'm amazed with. Directions to the cheese, all the greats have they paved it. These walls keep on changing. Lost some friends that I came with. A shame shit. See my moves, they were right and they were left. Still the same shit, but a dead end ain't a dead end for us to double back and do the same shit. Cut up, I dare you, my men are torn some deranged shit. And if you're hearing all these lines and can't get out, that's what amazed me. Fuck you mean? Look what I've done. All the shit I've overcome. You can tell that I'm the son, bitch. I'm the one. Only came to get it done. Metaphors and metaphors. Best believe we won't run. I'm the one. Shit get deeper than some rap. When I'm gone, talking shit. When they see me giving dap. Guess I'm the one. When it's all said and done. When you niggas try to ram, we'll move forward. We build tough. I'm the first. I ain't gonna throw away, but fuck the balls. Rather talk to niggas' souls. It's a message in the star, so let me pivot. See, when you in my position, niggas listen. Just think. Jesus with five and two. How I give it. Shit, I missed it. Had a couple routes, this cassette. Shit, I missed it. My focus is on a million. Through positives and negatives, that million. That's how I get pussy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>